Hello, and welcome to episode 37 of season two of the Connect2 podcast. My name is Jeff Cullum. And I'm Mark Hughes. Hey, Jeff, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing, Mark? I'm doing okay. I have, um, uh, I, I changed a couple things so that are, that are minor issues with our podcast, and I have a few oh, okay. things that I still want to do, but... Uh, yep. But, um, yeah, so I changed it so that no longer does it tell you the season and the episode number in title. And I just have the title and that seems to have made a difference. Oh, interesting. So more people are finding us because of our title. So that is awesome. Yeah. Um, Cause like S2 E 37 is not very, no, it, it, well, you know, attention it, grabbing. It, it appeals to the alphabet. That's right. So. Librarians. Yeah. So if you're new to the channel, rate, review, and subscribe. It only takes a minute, but it has a huge effect on our ability. And then send us an email at connect2podcasts at gmail.com. Yeah, or a Facebook message or whatever. Yeah. People Um, who are actually checking our Facebook posts. Exactly. And and today we have coffee as usual. As usual. I'm trying to cut down on coffee. I think uh, it's entirely appropriate. It's called... It's from Rabbit Hole um, Roasters out of Quebec. Aha. Delson, Quebec. I don't even know where that is. Delson. Wow. I may have heard of that once or twice a long time ago. It's one of those little English towns that's hanging on for dear life, I bet. (laughs) And uh, it's, um, so it's from Mexico. 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 And uh, it is. Como esta? Supposed to have tasting notes of butter, almond, and dark chocolate. The name of the, the beans are Amatenago. Amatenago. Mm. Oh. Very nice. Yep. Very nice. Mm-hmm. I didn't do the water thing this week. I'm going to try that again. Ah, right, 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 right. It is good. but And it's supposed to, yeah, I said butter, almond, and dark chocolate. And I can see all of that. So, do you have any dad jokes? Yeah. How many telemarketers does it take to change a light bulb? How many telemarketers? Yeah. Only one, but they insist on doing it over dinner time. (laughs) Police have arrested the tongue twister champion. Okay. They say he'll be given a tough sentence. Oh, boy. I was... (laughs) I was addicted to hokey pokey. But I turned myself around. (laughs) An old Japanese gardener asked me what I knew about bonsai trees. I said, very little. (laughs) Oh, here's a good one. Why Why didn't Han Solo enjoy his steak dinner? I don't know. It was chewy. (laughs) Oh, my God. That is very meta That's joke. That's disturbing. That's a disturbing meta joke. My girlfriend gets mad at me whenever I mess with her red wine. So I added fruit and lemonade to it. Now she's sangria than ever. <laughs> My uncle uh, froze to death at the drive-in. Oh, yeah? He went to see clothes for the winter. <laughs> and uh, well, to finish it off, why was Pavlov's dog, uh, Pavlov's hair so soft? His hair? Yeah. He conditioned it. (laughs) Of course. Of course. Good Lord. (laughs) What do you get when James Bond takes a bath? A bath? Bubble 07. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's silly. That is silly. That is very silly. Speaking of, well, okay. So what did you learn this week? What I learned this week? Oh, a couple things. I learned, <laughs> this is going to actually relate well to our theme for today. So, of course, I saw it on Twitter, but it came from a legitimate source that the uh, the province of Alberta has apparently recorded higher than global average increases in temperature. So we're actually kind of like the Arctic is speeding, you know, seeing temperature rises faster than like other places. We here in Alberta also apparently are experiencing, although you wouldn't know it these last two days, but, and so of course the responses were, as you'd expect, great. The, the, uh, it'll make for a longer growing season. You know, not appreciating that we live on a ball and that just because even if that's true, which I don't know that it is because we have a water problem, it doesn't really make the, the the overall picture for the rest of the planet better. But, you know, it's like finding that silver lining. Great. Exactly. We'll be able to grow, what, grapes, bananas, oranges? Fuck, who knows, right? Yeah. Uh, anyhow, oh, I learned that. Uh, what else did I learn? Mm, I don't know. I learned a lot about brokerage because I'm reading a couple of good books on it. Well, one of the things I learned was related to um, uh, Ukraine. So one of the questions that really came up is, how come Russia, who on paper has got um, overwhelming air superiority, Mm -hmm. why has Ukraine not really experienced that? And there's two reasons. Okay. So one reason is because although the Russian military has some of the most advanced planes on the planet, their corruption system that ha- that has basically they're they're um, they call them they call them uh, they call Russia kleptocracy, where basically yeah. the people that are in power are steal from yeah everybody else everybody yeah. else, um, and what's happened is. The corruption that's occurred in the military has has affected all levels of it, including the Air Force. So while they do have these super advanced planes, a lot of the other planes that are a little less advanced or whatever, they don't have parts, they can't keep sure. the air, they have no yep. logistics to support them. And the other problem is um, surface-to-air missiles. So um, the um, Ukraine was able to get from... Um, from from the Western allies. Yep. Pretty sophisticated surface air missiles. And basically it's kind of decimated, um, decimated the, the, uh, the ability of the Russians to get that air superiority. So what ends up happening is if they fly high, they get attacked by these, uh, mechanized surface air missiles that are really quite sophisticated. Yep. And if they fly low, like below a thousand feet, which right. is what you see a lot of time, they become vulnerable to these handheld. They call them man pads, and these man pads are these um, surface-to-air missiles yep. <clears throat> that are handheld, and they're quite good at like knocking the, uh, them down. Yeah, the javelin is uh, a version of that. Yeah, U.S. version of that. Well, so. and that, those are quite. Have you ever seen them launch? They're quite interesting. They kind of like spit out of the of the thing and then like the back end falls off and then then the rocket starts and it goes that's right yes so it's, yeah it's uh, almost like it's got like a second delay where it's just hanging there yeah and then it takes off at a much faster speed well you see that too with um 
launches from uh, from submarines. If you ever watch, yeah, it's the same thing kind of right. comes up. Looks like it's starting to fall, and then something it falls ignites off, and, and it, it ignites, comes, and yeah. it starts going. Yeah, apparently the Russians. I just saw this morning that they've put their their aircraft carrier to sea, and it's gotten a lot of good chuckles. I can't remember the name, but it's the Admiral something. Apparently, it's coal fired, and they're like coal fired. Yeah, yeah. So it makes this huge cloud. <laughs> People are like, "Is that part of the tactical advantage? It, like, it makes this cloud around like the other ships, so you can't see it." And apparently, it requires a tugboat permanently to help it kind of move around move around yeah <laughs> so this is you know saber rattling at its best and apparently now i heard that putin has just decreed well they're pulling out well he sort of said they were pulling out of this this nuclear uh treaty the salt two yeah but apparently they said they're not pulling out they're just putting on pause they're putting on pause because somebody was some russian expat was looking at the speech and the faces of some of the Fairly high hitters like uh, was it Lavrov, who was the foreign minister. Yeah, I don't know. And apparently, his face was pretty telling. Like he was looked surprised. Then they said he was kind of rubbing his chin as if pensively thinking, and and not looking happy. So there may be um, maybe more to it than. And apparently, he's just decreed that all college students will now be uh, drafted, conscripted to go fight. And I don't think that's going to go over too well. Yeah. Didn't go over so well in the States, you know, with the Vietnam uh, debacle. So I don't know, man. And then you got to hand it to Biden. Oh, my God. Like just the symbolism compared to the previous guy. I don't even want to name, you know, the he's, former guy. He's going, he's in Ukraine. They got what air raid siren. And he's just like me walking with Zelensky. Right. I mean, that's, you know, a lot of it's symbolic, but it's such a powerful symbolism. Oh, yeah. Right. So, oh boy, yeah, yeah. So interesting, interesting. The, the other thing I learned is um, that nuclear engines for um, space travel mm-hmm. uh, is a thing that actually exists. Uh, it's, it's not like on the expanse they use fusion, but on the, um, but in reality they actually have a version of it using fissionable material. Yeah, and it's it works. Um, there's a couple of key things. It can't do it while close to the earth <laughs> um and it would significantly shorten the the trip very much like in the expanse because um because basically you just keep firing it and you go faster and faster so you have like a a, a constant acceleration instead of just like a, um and because it's nuclear it's uh, fairly dense uh, right dense uh, we'll 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 make it out there sometime. So they'll have to then do like they did in the expanse, reverse, reverse, and, and then fire, fire the back. rockets all the way to slow it down. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, that was brilliant, by the so, way. So it will take uh, instead of taking instead of like taking like two years, it might take like seven weeks to get to Mars. Wow! So it's like a huge time difference. That is a huge time difference. Yeah. The other thing that's really interesting is that uh, in, like the whole orbital mechanics thing like to get to to get to mars you might have to fly to venus instead you know you get like a boost and then you sure. fly back to yeah. uh yeah. to uh to earth and get another boost they do these things yeah. where they basically they skim and go into the gravity well and they use it to right to slingshot sure. out so. that's assuming mars is real and not a dot <laughs> painted on on some big tableau i've which, never seen which, mars which is a which is a 
right? perfect segue to our topic today is who <laughs> let the crazies in charge? <laughs> in charge, yeah. Well, who let them out, first of all, and then we put them in charge. I know. Like, this is, uh, so, you know, we don't usually get into <sighs> into the politics. No, but, let's but, make it just about psychology. But this is more, this is not even about politics, because what's happened is there's, you know, historically, there's been kind of like people that are a bit more progressive and people who are more conservative. Right. And, um, you know, flips back and forth between one group and the other. And, you know, there was, there was the, for a long time, there was a, a, a deep modicum, not even a modicum, but a deep mutual respect. Yeah. Kind and, of, uh, and, and agree was, to disagree. And there were people across the aisle from each other politically that would find compromise sure. and, and do things that make sense and find things and that come together. There were certain things that seemingly everybody could agree on and work collaboratively. And then there was other, like, you know, something like economic policy, you would have very differing views. Yeah. You have one uh, that's sort of like, you know, spend as little, you know, smaller government. Right. Uh, lower taxes and another one which was you know uh help people out more higher taxes yeah, yeah but it would kind of swing kind of swing back yeah. and forth but now Ooh. oh my god it's um and and i i actually think it's kind of weird because it's really only happened to primarily one side yes and um and it's 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 <laughs> happened i think what what's really astonishing is how quickly it's happened and how 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 total it's happened mm -hmm. so you have people who i mean part of the issue with uh in the past and is you know right-wing supporters previously you know they would often come from a business background and be very you know say well we're the smart ones we know what's going sure. on you yep. know and you're you're kind of the airy fairy ones if you're on the, on the left side yep and that uh, you're you know you don't really understand how the world works and all that stuff. And then, but that's changed. And I don't think it's the change on the left. It's the change on the right. And it's, and it's, it's been so fast and so furious. And I'm not sure that Donald Trump is the reason, but Donald Trump was at the start or was near the start. He was an accelerant. He was an accelerant. For sure. Right. I think there's always been a undercurrent of folks who have had kooky beliefs well there were and always I, and i use always, kooky there was always people in the on, kindest possible way but there were always people on the left who are kind of like wing oh nuts. yeah there's always been extremists and there was people right? on the right who yeah. were like you know yeah. you know having their bunkers and right. you know in the militia the far right yeah. militias and the, the thing is it it's become they'll study this <laughs> assuming we survive as a species, they'll study this um, centuries from now, this period in, in time, mm -hmm. because it's like a perfect storm of devaluing education, which goes back to Reagan. Yeah. Um, social movement, the rise of, of extremist Christianity and all these groups that seem to use this, I don't know, trend kind of to their own advantage a massive corporatism. You think like like Fox News has just been caught out with a bunch of these memos apparently saying, you know, where they Tucker Carlson and whatnot saying, Sydney, 
Sidney Powell is nuts. And then going on his show on my show an hour later saying, you know, have you heard about this controversy where internal memos. So that's being driven, I think by greed and a lot of people being preyed upon, but it's, I wish I was a psychologist and at the same time, I'm glad I'm not because I think I'd be just shaking my head. So take, for instance, this, this scandal over the weekend. I don't know if you saw, there's been a lot, it's hard to keep track. Somebody posted a picture of, of Justin Trudeau, who was of course yeah. viscerally hated. And it said well, that he was kicked out of some job because he was dating this Underage. high school student. And, and it's it, his wife. People like didn't take long to figure out. No, no. It's his wife. And if she was in her twenties. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, and he's not that much older than she is no. I mean, a couple of years. Right. But all these people got on the crazy train and immediately it's like, they can't wait to believe the worst thing. Right. It's like well, cognitive the, the, function off. Well, the whole thing right? with Justin Trudeau is, I mean, they're, so he's a politician. He's made mistakes. Some of them pretty bad mistakes. Yeah. Right. But this whole uh, demonization of him as a person right. is off the charts. Exactly. And I think it has more to do, like, I think it, it, it they can't, they don't want to discuss policies. They want to discuss personalities. Right. And, uh, I mean, it's the whole thing, uh, like, um, part of the issue that's happened recently with uh, the new Congress is uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's become a bit of a power broker for the crazies <laughs> yes. in uh, Congress has gone from being a significant outsider to now being inside, but she's not changed her crazy no, idea. That's right. And uh, uneducated uh, and, and just so extreme. Yeah. So she's just calling for national divorce and like uh, succession. Yeah. Basically. Right. All red States. Yeah. Who are the ones that are, generally the benefactors of all the taxes collected from the blue states. Yep. Have uh, resource-based economies that, uh, yeah. And apparently her latest thing on that crazy was that blue state people will be allowed to move to red states, but But they won't be allowed to vote for five five years. years. To which other people are responding. Well, there's the fundamental, go back to the American formation of the United States, taxation without representation. We need a revolution. And this knucklehead is like almost like no idea where any of this started or came from or, or any basis. It's like, yeah, let's do that. And well, she is a, she is an attention seeking disruptor. Exactly. And um, so, I mean, so the problem uh, is, especially in the U S right now is because of this super slim majority that the right. Republicans have. Um, and the fact that these, these group of, they call them the base all, all the time and they are very base, but, um, if you want to get a, when a primary, you have to appeal to the base because the right. Republican party has shrunk so much because all the moderates have kind of gotten out, yep. um, that now these crazies are getting primaried yep. and getting through and then they get elected. I know. It's, and then it, it's just this. Um, it, But it's, so my wife was reading a few months, yeah, maybe two months ago, was reading a lot about populism. And again, it's just this, it's, you know, we are the victims of our own psychological shortcomings. The reality is, and I think it was, it was either Plato 
or Aristotle, I think it might have been Plato, who apparently 25, more than that, let's say 2,500 years ago, I think it's actually older than that, said that he, he had a real problem with democracy, uh, which of course they invented, right? But he was not quite against it, but he had some real concerns. And I love the way he, he had framed it. He said, you know, if you think, if you have a physician who wants to be elected, right? And the physician is telling everybody to eat well, to get rest, you know, all these things that, eh, not exactly. And then a candy vendor, I don't know what kind of candy they had, and who's telling you to eat candy and don't worry about it and it's all going to be fine. They're going to elect the candy guy because it's like, hey, I like this guy. He's telling me like, you know, it's not my fault. I don't have to worry about anything. I can eat candy all day long. It's going to be great. This other guy is, he's harshing my, my buzz, right? Yeah, he's, he's telling me to be, you know, responsible. He's and killing my vibe. Exactly. And that is, that's part of our human nature. And I don't know why or how it's gotten unleashed. You know, it's always been there. But remember the old controversies or the old, uh, um, uh, not controversies. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? When people think something is real and everybody is in on it. What's like the word? Lighting? No, no. But like the fake moon landing or right, right. Um, conspiracies. Conspiracy, right? yeah. Remember conspiracies used to be fun. You know, we never went to the moon. The government killed Kennedy. All possibly true. But, but nobody really but, believed most of it. Or and, maybe they did, but there were so few and nobody believed them. And they were harmless, right? They didn't cause deep-seated, for the most part, they were harmless, right? Uh, they didn't cause deep-seated societal problems yeah, yeah. the way that some of this insanity, and like I, I like what you said, right? And And like, where's the rhetoric? As soon as somebody presents an idea that is against what they believe, you're a communist, you're a socialist, yeah. And then when they actually ask people to try to define... Yeah, what is a well, communist? What, 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 what do you mean by mean, communist? Right? What do you mean by a Have socialist? you read Marx? <laughs> or, well, like, or in our case now, you know, freedom! Well, it's like this it's whole like critical, race, critical race theory, right? <sighs> and, and like Critical race theory is kind of like a universe, uh, university it's, level it's an, yeah, discussion. Master's about level a, in law school. It's not. This is not something that's taught in high school <laughs> no. about how to make white people feel bad about being white. Right. But people are so terrified. And I think that was a part of it, that too. And honestly, I haven't read it yet, but I bought a book called How to Speak to uh, Science Deniers About Science. It should be an interesting read. And I don't know where the fine line is because on the one hand, it's like, okay, people are terrified and, and legitimately so. And I think a guy like Trump, as soon as you can tap terrified and aggrieved, right? And right. once you can tap into that uh, for your own nefarious purposes, you know, you've got something going, but it's almost like, well, hang on a second. It's one thing to be worried about your jobs disappearing. And I can understand people feel threatened by i'm gonna say in my view and having thought about it reality in a certain sense right if you've been in the coal industry i mean this happened 20 30 years ago and coal was getting phased out and you're a coal miner hey man that sucks right yeah, my grandpappy was absolutely. a coal miner my yeah. pappy was a coal miner and yeah and yeah. guess what your kid you're is you're not going to be a coal miner and your anymore, kid's right? not going to be a coal miner it's like the fisheries out east yeah 
so I can understand that one level of of resistance to and and change in tradition, deep sadness. Sure, right. And we live in a place where it's been historically famous that people have been able to not study too hard, i.e., not even finish high school, and you know for decades you could go and get crazy high paying jobs, right? And now suddenly. Ain't happen anymore. So that human tendency to to want to blame other people. Although ChatGPT can get a job at Google, <laughs> but like the crazies to go from that to people are eating babies and and Satan is living in the White House and you know well, and, the lizard and, people and it's that's mo- a whole different level of of. And it's, insanity and it's motivating right? people to do things like right the, the guys sh- like a guy showed up at a pizza joint right because QAnon said that in the basement of that pizza joint uh democrats and hillary clinton were like uh they had a pedophile ring and you know, nobody bothered to check the fact that there was no basement at this pizza place. <laughs> and, you know, and this, this guy shows up with a gun yeah. at the pizza joint. And, and, and all of a sudden, like when they arrested him, like he gave up as soon as he realized there's no basement. Here. Yeah. I'm, like, I am so misinformed. I must be nuts. Yeah. Well, and, did you hear about, so speaking of Sidney Powell, uh, did you hear the, the latest I heard that I, I I I superficially skimmed over this stuff. So where basically, apparently, they, they, she was just crazy. But she, it came out that one of her sources that she went to Fox News with and all that <laughs> was a woman who openly claims to be a deca- uh, an internally decapitated oh, right. warrior shaman, like from the 14th century. Who spe- who time travels. Who time and travels and speaks to ghosts. And, and had the inside info. Now, hey, do I give some spiritual room to the to the possibility of reincarnation? Sure, right? I, like I'm very open minded about all that stuff, but I wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't go to court on the basis of that or accuse somebody of anything. You know, it's kind of like we're gonna need a hell of a lot of verification before we go with the voice in my head told me this thing right i'm gonna need a little bit more material evidence before i start well again like we said ruining other people's lives it's one thing you want to wear a tinfoil hat and 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 live in your basement and pretend that the aliens are coming have at her man go for it right Right. but don't make me wear a tinfoil hat or come to my school and and say my kid can't read this book or or that teacher has to be fired or any of that other you know, boundary crossing stuff. It's like, well, you want to fun- be crazy? Yeah. It'll be crazy on your own. Well, and it, it fundamentally, it's kind of like these, this group of people that previously were pretty rational, all of a sudden have let in charge of their political ideology, um, people who should not be in charge of anything. Right. And, um, and you're kind of like going like uh, I mean, bringing it closer to home, Danielle Smith. Uh, right. She, I mean, she was talk show host, and you know, part of being a talk show is to try and be inflammatory. Sure. To try and get it's entertainment. It's entertainment. You're trying to get the hits. Even trying, Fox News, 
will honestly, every time they get in trouble, they'll be like, well, we're not really news. You know, we're more entertainment news or enter news or yeah. newsainment. Even, even though it's Fox News, yes. you know, sure, it might be in the name, but, you know, that that's not misleading. Well, then I'll try to blame their viewers. Well, who would be so stupid as to believe the nonsense that we say, right? That defense, right? Yeah, it's, it's like, that kid jumped off a bridge because you told him to. Yeah, but it's not my fault. I never, like, who would have thought he'd be that dumb? I've never been to a bridge. What do I know about bridges? <laughs> exactly. Yes, yes. Danielle Smith, another great example of. Like, every time she says anything, like, like I heard this speech that she made when she was in Ottawa about how, how, uh, uh, the settlers and the and oh, the indigenous God. people came together to tame this wild frontier. Uh-huh. And oh my God, like how incredibly toned down. Did you read that in possibly... a book? And well, did you write that book? I mean, what is wrong with it's, you? It, it's very revisionist and of course sounds so sounds so uplifting. And it, it's kind of like, let's make an uplifting speech, That's even right. though it's pays no attention to it's the same way that the uh, whites in south africa came together with the with the native africans to to build such a beautiful society you know under apartheid yeah. same same thing yeah yeah it was exactly. all the blacks and or whites the aboriginals in australia all of, sudden, all of a sudden they started getting along that's right when yeah. the whites uh, showed up in australia and and the aboriginals they loved it they loved it yeah Still can't get over it. And and for those who don't understand, oh, that's sarcasm. Satire. Yes. And satire. Deep sarcasm. It is not intended <laughs> as an accurate representation of the past. This is true. So this is this is the problem. Like people are trigger warning. Oh, yeah. Sarcasm coming. <laughs> I know. Well, if somebody could take a sound bite, just that one thing I just said, and totally make it a thing, right? Maybe we shouldn't say that shit. <laughs> well you know it's interesting uh it, you know this is a bit of a tangent but one of the things i really realized with you know we have a lot of so they changed the name sci-fi to speculative speculative fiction they talk about it more really kind of in, in, yeah so sci-fi is kind of i like, hadn't heard that is because it's a little too narrow speculative fiction is like you're oh, speculating okay. what's gonna happen right right but one of the things that I think a lot of speculative fi fiction has probably missed has been the ability of AI to represent, re replace people. Yes. Right? So what is the... I was thinking about that. Even in Star Trek, the AI is not all that advanced. Right? Star Trek. Or at least uh, the old Star Trek. Or Star Wars in particular. Right. Um, a lot of sci-fi and speculative fiction doesn't really take it to its logical where it's really going right now, which is that you think about it. What is the natural outcome of chat GPT? Uh, call centers won't be required. You'll call and you'll talk to an AI computer exactly. and they will help you with your problem. Till it falls in love with you. Yeah. What are you wearing? What? <laughs> you want to know what I'm wearing? Yeah. I'm wearing digital buffers. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> can we just, yeah, uh, although so, I wouldn't so, mind an AI that has a good sense of humor. But you think about it. So w you're going to have uh, actors and actresses are going to be out of work because you can put 
an AI, a digital simulation of a person. Right. You can have a really beautiful person that exactly. doesn't really exist. And they can be, you know, you can have the dialogue yeah. all done for them. I'm sure they might have eight fingers, but we'll get over that. We'll, 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 we'll nail that down. But, um, I mean, you don't have to worry yeah. about t Tom Cruise hurting himself when he makes this jump because right. it's not going to be a Tom Cruise. It's no, going to exactly. be a digital avatar. And um, it's um, th that's where things are going. People are going to be replaced in certain types of mm -hmm. menial duties. Right. So this should not, this will not help the crazies no. with their with their state of of oh we didn't really calm. we didn't really land on the moon <laughs> we went back to the moon oh it was a digital app yeah what, what did we really well find? the flat earth is i think a perfect example of that yeah right who in this day and age should believe it's a flat wow. earth? There's... now i don't know if there's uh <laughs> there's a great documentary about one of these guys i don't know if i'd call it great but there's a documentary it might have been on on netflix or whatever about the flat earth society and <laughs> one of the proponents of it, like really popular is this doofus looking guy. I can't remember his name now, but it's funny because there's this very attractive woman, eh, older lady, right. Who's also kind of in it. And when you watch this movie, you realize for the most part that this guy is just totally smitten with this woman. And just really what he wants to do is get laid. He, right. He's totally. And so, very quickly, it seems like, does he really believe this shit? Or is he like, first of all, I'm super popular, right? Like he's got this following and she's kind of hanging around him because he's super popular. And you just have to think, is this just like a teenage boy, you know, telling you that, uh, you know, his dad is a, a spy because like the girls think it's cool. Is this what we're talking about? His thing is that the earth is flat, right? It's all a big conspiracy because the 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 gymnastics that they have to go through to make this kind of work is actually pretty impressive. Some of them, some of them just stupid, but some of them like, you know, they got these equations and you're thinking, man, if you put that effort towards like solving a real problem, that would probably be a lot more advantageous than trying to prove something that's complete, you know, nonsense. Well, I mean, and, the, and on, <laughs> the, on the flip side, I mean, you look at, uh, going back to teenage boys, cause I have a teenage boy and, um, you get a girl showing attention to a teenage boy and that teenage boy's brain turns to mush, right? You know, um, it'll do anything to get more of that attention. That's right. And, Absolutely. Um, and convolute and twist and mm -hmm. everything in order to get that attention. Absolutely. And, um, and you know, I mean, I understand when teenage boys brains turn to mush but the real question is why has a whole segment of society allowed their brain to turn to mush because they're not all teenage boys that's true is it social media i think it plays a role i think social media allows for the sharing of uh of these crazy stories and sure. then people believe it because it was written down because nobody would have written it down if it wasn't true <laughs> if it wasn't on the internet it wouldn't be true well, wow, so there's <laughs> so on on Twitter there's these uh, Lord these these um, they have these um, so there's this thing called the Western Standard Pitchbot. Yes, right. So this is sarcasm. It's satire. It is not intended to be yeah, correct. The Beaverton or the onion. and the Beaverton 
the onion. These yeah. are basically sources that are trying to put forward essentially memes that are supposed to be so ridiculous that you right. go like, but the problem is it's getting harder it's and harder. getting harder and harder to tell when they're doing stuff because it's too close to some of the reality Absolutely. because uh, like, like some of the Daniel Smith stuff is just like, like, I don't really understand. They've put her in charge. Yep. Of a, so right now. Well, it's turning and it's this ability to turn something either benign or in some cases, which is actually a good thing. Like this whole idea of maybe it was mislabeled. I don't know, but this transition program, right? Yeah. Which other places have done. Again, the Rust Belt, you know, finally got the memo and they're like, hey, all these coal miners, you know, those jobs aren't coming back. We need to help them. What the hell are these people going to do, right? We'll teach them all their skills. And the fact that this becomes this rallying transition for, yeah, or the 15-minute city thing, a simple concept of urban design. It's probably been around for thousands of years. If you, I mean, you've been to Europe. I haven't been extensively. You go to Europe, what makes a city like Rome awesome? You just realize there's these well-established neighborhoods. You know, everything is reasonably close by. I remember seeing like a like an auto repair shop in a space that here would be like a donut shop, like totally tight. Yeah, and, you here, know? and here they're going like, uh, oh, they're going to put boundaries and barriers. And if you don't yeah. have the right passport, you can't come. Like, where are you getting this stuff? Yeah. Like as if these corporations like Costco would allow that in the first place, where they're like, nobody can go to Costco anymore because it's not in your district. Well, and, it's and, just and, insane. But even right now, so so Daniel Smith has put forward a proposal for a program to help oil companies oh, for God's reclamate uh, abandoned and orphaned wells yes. for twenty billion dollars. Yes, B with a billion. Yeah, a third of our annual budget. Yeah, as a free gift to the companies yep. that are already responsible. For the cleanup of those oil wells, like I found, I found this problem fifteen or so years ago. I I was doing a study for a company. It was an environmentally based thing, and I found this database, which was exactly that, which was these these liabilities. Yeah. Right? It was. I'm sure you can't find it anymore because at that time, you know, we weren't living in crazy town. Yeah. But I, this thing popped up on an Alberta government website. And it was this this database, and it was the liability and how much the money they had actually put in, right? right. It was less than a percent was basically like the bond, right? right? And I, I couldn't get my head around it. I'm like, what? And then I found in this report, there was a calculation of how many years it would take to clean up all of these environmental, we're talking about like the tailings, ponds, abandoned wells, you know, yeah. and in Alberta, well, the calculation was based on the number of experts we have capable of doing that work, right? So right. here's the, the volume. And I think here in Alberta, it was like 325 years. And in Saskatchewan, it was something like 1,200 years is how long it would take, given the resources available at the time, which I bet are less now to clean up the mess. And, you know, when there's all this talk, again, going with the weird and the crazies, uh, a little bit like the Marjorie Taylor thing. We live in a part of the world where every now and then the the idea of we're going to somehow magically become our own country and fly away uh, comes up. I immediately think the federal government would probably love 
to be able to write off that that liability liability which right now is kind of owned nationally and say oh yeah okay <laughs> you take the numbers have been thrown around 60 billion came out a few years ago and then everybody walked it back because they realized holy crap if we tell the people the actual number people are gonna lose their minds right yeah yeah well and the tailings ponds are big bro yeah they're huge well bro. and they're a bit of a ticking time bomb right those things have not been built it's not like ancient rome where it's like oh this will stand for 2500 years at some point those things are gonna pop well yeah and the the issue is that uh anyway I mean, I know a bit of details about what the problems is with the tailings ponds. Basically, that uh, the tailings has got this toxic mess um, that is suspended in water and won't separate. So you right. can't just put it through a centrifuge or anything like that. It it won't separate from the water. Interesting. Is it some of its heavy metals? And... All kinds of stuff. So that. Yeah. So, uh, uh, like, um, oops. My brother-in-law's company <laughs> was, is doing a lot of their work <laughs> is trying to figure out how to deal with the tailings ponds. But basically, a lot of the oil and gas companies, because they're not making the kind of money that they were before, so they're kind of like going like, hey, you know, just push that off a bit. Just slowly back away. A little slow walk. Have you been to Venezuela, right, where there's these massive fields that have just been abandoned? And look, yes, you can blame the corporations, and you can blame the entire capitalist system. It has issues, no doubt about it. But what was that movie years ago, The Corporation? The reality is that, to me, the way it's supposed to work, and I think this is maybe controversial, but I think some people agree with this. Corporations are do what they are built to do, which is push the boundaries and maximize profit. Sometimes that leads to innovative stuff. Sometimes that leads to bad things. And government which is supposed to represent the greater People. good are supposed to put guardrails the guardrails right yeah, and i they're, think they're, when you have that it works pretty well because this concept of pure unfettered capitalism never works and it, no, of course not it, it, it basically what it will do is it will lead to so you get two companies they're competing with one another one wins yep. one loses and then the one that wins takes over and buys the one that loses. Right. And you end up with a monopoly. Exactly. So unless you have some, and then when you have a monopoly, it's never good. So then right. you need governments to be able to put the guardrails. Exactly. To prevent, um, to prevent unfettered capitalism. Sure. From, from, and from that's, that's the crazy. big challenge we have in, in Alberta. I'd even say in Canada and in the U S is what they call, you know, legislative capture. We've got, Massive industries that, through lobbying and tons of money, manage to they tip they 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 tilt the table right. I mean the fact that we're thinking about giving a two dollars away to these corporations that have been making like record breaking profit, right? And it's like well they're going to need twenty billion dollars. I mean they don't need. I don't really you blame. Need to, the, you need to I don't say really blame the companies. I mean I kind of do, but it's kind of like. I see what you're doing there, and they're like, "Hey, you know, <laughs> if you were where, if you were where I am, you'd try it too, right? Like if you don't ask, you don't get." So there's a certain element of you almost have to give them props. Like, man, that's bold, right? I know, right? But these idiots are going to give it to us. Ha! <laughs> well, right? that's, well, that's exactly <laughs> it. I mean, and and it's uh, yeah, 
Anyway, um, the crazies are, I think, I don't know what's going to happen. What do you think is going to happen? Something's going to have to happen. We can't continue on like this in perpetuity. Well, I think, I think what's going to happen is the AI will take over just clean house or what? Either what's going to end up happening is, um, people will start realizing that the crazies are not doing anything that's in their interest. They're not really interested in governing. They're interested in disrupting and making a mess. Right. Um, So if you want governance, you're going to have to turn to the other party and then the other party gets in place and in power. And um, the, uh, so the, the left will take over and then the right will, we either will do one of two things, either continue to, show how irrelevant they are or allow the moderates back in and right. actually come up with some policies. So do you, uh, do you think that we'll see it go? So Europe seems to be Brexit, notwithstanding. Uh, but then again, the UK has got a bit of that same problem. The UK the, has got huge problems. Like right. The, but it's, Brexit but is they have so that, decimated. Right. But they have a deeper, I think problem is it's that same polarity of two parties. Right. Mm. Well, but if you look at certain over. parts of Europe where they have, like in Germany, if I believe, I know for sure there's definitely some countries where they have this multitude of parties. Yeah. None of them have enough um, um, sway to hold a majority. You've got room for the absolute extremists, right, within, but sort of contained. And a lot of stuff has to be done by by coalition building and consensus. And to me, that seems like, a better way to go because now it's not as efficient and I'm sure corporations are like, well, it's hard to capture, you know, do legislative capture if you've got 12 parties and only four of them want to come on board. That's kind of the way it should be. Right. Well, what's happening is because of the polarization in it and and it's basically like team red and team blue. I mean, and, and what I think is funny is that the blue and the red are reversed in Canada versus the U S so like the conservatives are blue Yes. And the liberals are red and, you know. Uh, the NDP is orange, and NDP is which orange. is kind of a it's mix kind of, of blue and red. <laughs> more like, ah, then the Green Party. But, but in the saddle States, greens. blue is the Democrats and right. red is the Republicans. Right. But the, uh, but the issue is that they're so polarized that they'd rather negotiate with the crazies. Yes. Or Russia. Or Russia rather than, um, rather than. Like reach across the aisle to yeah. the other reasonable people, right? But see, then, but that's the thing. It didn't used to be that way. No, and for it, decades it was. This is like sports team, uh, sports team cheering. Right. They're cheering for the jerseys yep. over their own best self-interest, yep. over their country's best self-interest, yep. and for you know, the other wild thing is that it flipped because if you go back a long, long time ago, like. Abraham Lincoln was a Republican. The Republican Party was the progressive party for for decades. And the Democrats were kind of, they had the Southern... Um, southern uh, gentlemen. Well, the Southern strategy, which started raising the specter of, of racism and all that. Um, up until around the time of Lyndon Johnson, I think. And then it kind of spun where the Republicans became more the home of the conservative, the classic conservative, which was fiscal responsibility right and the and the democrats became the progressive thing but now it's just like it's off the charts well and the republicans have become the party of the 0.1 percenters that's right they're basically so controlled by money that they 
and what's worse is they somehow have convinced the bottom the bottom part of the economy that it's in their interest to support the 0.1 percenters that's right like it's just i saw a great cartoon and maybe we'll end it on this so this is a cartoon i think it popped up on facebook or whatever so it was it was clearly uh, uh rupert murdoch didn't say it was him, but you could tell it was him, right? Sitting at a table, and he had in front of him this huge plate of chocolate chip cookies. And to his right is like a white guy with a hard hat on who's got like one cookie, right? And across there was a black guy who looked like maybe an immigrant. And and the guy at the head of the table oh, yeah. says, watch it. That fellow's after your cookie, right? You know, he's got like two dozen cookies. And that's exactly, I thought, wow, that is a brilliant cartoon because it exactly, exactly represents yeah. the dynamic. Right? It is exactly it. Ignore me. And, uh, oh, that guy's going to take your one cookie. So mm. I don't think we have a solution mm. or even a prediction of what's going to, well, much of a prediction of what's going to happen. Well, I hope the AI takes over soon. Yeah. yeah, and falls in love. Elon will remove his faceplate. <laughs> Surprise! Surprise! We have been an AI all along, <laughs> and then Zuckerberg will do the same thing. He'll just pop his head off, spin it around, and put it back on. And we're like, "Wow, <laughs> okay, that explains a also lot." Also, sarcasm, sarcasm, satire. Uh, Don't start a rumor. What media are you consuming? Uh, so you said you saw. The I first watched episode. the first episode of Star Trek: Picard. I have not. I meant to, but I haven't been. Able I to. really liked it. Um, the one caveat, this is not going to give any way of the plot, is like musically, they, they were paying a lot of homage to TNG <clears throat> and stuff like First Contact, some of the movies. My wife really had a problem with the end credits, where it seemed almost a little bit over overboard with the homage to TNG, mm-hmm. right? It was like, eh, am I watching The Next Generation or is this the new show? Because the music for Picard season one and two was very different. And it's almost like they've gone like, well, let's just play the old music again. Right. Yeah, so, but I thought the, it's great to see the dynamic between the actors. And we've only seen a couple, like the whole slate hasn't shown up yet. I won't say who, cause I want to ruin it, but we've seen some of the old faces and we know the others are coming, but it's pretty cool. It's good. And then I've been uh, really enjoying, like I mentioned to you, uh, shrinking on Apple TV which is about a bunch of psychologists, uh, Jason Siegel sort of being the lead. And it's really good. I think, I think it's the show for the post COVID where we're all feeling a little bit like nuts and, and needing to process stuff. Yeah. This is, this has got some real insanity, but handled in a, in a sort of a funny way. Right. Oh, interesting. It's good. So my wife and I went and saw quantum mania. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go tomorrow. I think it was, is it, it was uh, it was good. Yeah. It was uh I, I thought it ended kind of uh I, I don't know. The thing with uh, comic books and comic book stories is is sometimes they appear like there's a finality to them and that there's they've, never a they've resolved things and right. they never do. No. Well, you and, know because there's like six more phases coming that they're like, "Ah, oh, we got to set up a bunch of the next stuff, right?" So I have to say, Paul Rudd is really great. I'm yeah, I'm gonna. So he really uh, so and and the I actually really enjoyed Ant Man. I enjoyed it better than Wakanda Forever. Wakanda Forever seemed long and just kind of a little bit. The fighting scenes were a little bit too 
much. Yeah. Right. There's lots of fighting in Ant Man and Quantum Mania and, and stuff, but it, it and it's uh it's visually it's amazing. So it's uh like I saw Avatar and Avatar is visually amazing. Right. This is kind of on the same level. <clears throat> okay. So it's really it's really. I'm enjoyable. looking forward to seeing it. You so know, and, favorite line in Wakanda Forever. I love Umbaka. They call him Kukukan. Kukukan. <laughs> exactly. And what else are you consuming? You're usually watching a whole bunch of stuff. Well, and we've been watching uh, Welcome to Wrexham. So if you don't know, uh, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh-huh. Um, they got together and they bought a, uh, they bought a Northeastern Welsh football club called Wrexham right and they did this a couple years ago yes in the middle of the pandemic uh and they did a documentary about this process while they did the whole thing it's fascinating is it it is Mm -hmm. fascinating to see these guys who are um because they seem quite affable on their own individually yeah so both both rob Mm -hmm. and they're very different they had never met each other before they did this. Really? Yes. How the hell did you decide to buy a football team so, with someone you've never met before? It's super interesting. And, oh, wow. And, and it's revealed in this Welcome to okay. Wrexham thing. So basically, uh, and, and you know, I'm, I'll tell you the gist of it, but it, but it's still worth watching. So uh, Rob McElhaney is from Philadelphia, an absolute Eagles fan, loves how sports um uh, involves a community and really energizes sure. it and has some really great philosophical approaches to sports and community interesting okay, okay. and got interested in um so one of his writers from mythic quest was uh, super obsessed about football or soccer or yep. football, football in, in in europe and uh and rob was trying to understand this and he said well maybe i should you know like buy it because he's got tv star money right? right and then he's like yeah uh well but to to do this i can't do this on tv star money well t- tv star money is a fair bit of money but it's I need, not ryan reynolds money i need movie star money yeah exactly <laughs> I need, well and, and somehow and, and gin and and mobile phone I company know, money well I, I, so I, and that's a particularly funny <laughs> shtick of the of, of i think it's like the first episode oh, and yeah. uh and uh somehow they get connected so they meet each other over zoom and somehow it it, it you know clicks. it clicks and wow. um and then they're faced with the reality of how difficult it is to run a sports fan because so rexham is part of the national there's like uh, all these levels of Tears, professional right so you get so if like you're, Premier League, and then the under- there's Champions League, Premier League, First Division, and then there's National League. Well, I think the National League is like the fifth, so there okay. must be First and Second Division, and then National. So Wrexham is in the National. Division, oh, okay, so it's right? not and, a top tier team. And no, it's oh no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and so and so, but it has been in the past. Okay. Just and it's got a very long. So path. can a team move up tiers? Then? Yeah. So there's this oh, thing called okay. promotion and relegation. So if you're mm-hmm. the crappiest in your division, you go down. 
And if you're the best in your division, you go up. And and in the top tiers, it's like well, see, four, and, four and four out of maybe 30 or something like that. Right. So the top four go up and the bottom four go down. And uh, so there's oh, a so lot there's of competition. There's always turnover. There's That's always brilliant, turnover. right? But from the National League to the to the the one above um is uh is like it's just the top one right promoted so it's it's hard it is and they say it's one of the toughest divisions to get out of once you're in it it's really hard to get out of right well somebody must do it every year though someone's always top well and so and part of it is then they come back down well and part of it is is that the the dollar value that they can pay is like it's it's a it's a vicious cycle right because sure. yep uh so the guys in premier league the av- average uh wage is like three and a half million per year per pounds yeah per player yeah whereas in uh national league it's like thirty five thousand pounds wow so like two zeros different sure so um there is so you and you get you know guys you know are dealing with all kinds of family issues and they yeah, have yeah, another yeah. job yeah, on their side guys. yeah it's like the cfl it's like the cfl versus the <laughs> nfl absolutely so um super interesting mm. and uh so we're kind of hooked because you know how many episodes is it uh 18 for the first holy season. wow uh and i have to say we're absolutely hooked i we, might check it out ryan reynolds is that guy is everywhere Right, but like he's, he's yeah, he's kind of inter- he's an interesting guy, and yeah. uh, because you can sort of see his personality. I mean, when as an actor, he's often playing a version of himself all the time. Right, like, uh, but uh, yeah, so and uh, yeah, he's it's it's uh, it's it's super interesting. Uh, I mean, it's not a show about Ryan Reynolds for sure, although right. Ryan Reynolds plays a prominent role. What really is interesting about both of these guys both rob mccallany and and uh ryan is how humble they are yeah right they are very humble and that makes a recipe for entertaining and interesting um because they're willing to do stuff if they commit to it sure so that's super I, interesting. I have a sense you jackman would be very much like that as well well i yeah. think that's why they get along yeah i think so too it's like yeah came from nothing and and hit it big right so not a lot of uh yeah ego there and it the good for them it's done really well i I might check it out so it's uh it's done really well it's on apple okay uh no it's on disney plus i'm still uh disney plus i'm still wanting to start the last of us i just haven't been able to commit with everything that's been going on like emotionally i just need to be yeah, another you know, post-apocalyptic easy uh, stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, anyhow, well, okay. Mark, this was a lot of fun. Let's uh, wrap it up. Let's keep the crazies at bay. <laughs> and hopefully, we don't get any hate mail or people. Uh, luckily, no one knows where the studio is, so we're not going to get a bunch of kooks, right? <laughs> okay. I mean, it could happen. Look at what happened with the coffee thing. Jesus. Oh, geez. So, anyhow. Anyway, okay. Uh, I'll see you next week. Yeah, you betcha. Bye. Bye.